Next on BYU Sports Nation, position changes, playmakers, and workhorses. Fresh sound from Cougar football after scrimmage number two. Our BYU Sports Nation all-access interviews continue from fall camp as I go one-on-one with Zach Wilson and Dion Gowoluku. And the latest position preview is here, the defensive backs. Who's playing corner? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is up? BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, August 17th, and we are one day closer to football, people. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is watching Rain Man, so I'm teamed up with a man who, like Big Al, hits dingers, <laughs> Jason Shepard. Yeah, there's a t-shirt out there that says Big Al hits dingers. Explain who Big Al is. Big Al is the kid from the Little League uh, World Series, and he played for a team, and they do the little player introductions, and he comes out and says, my name is Al, whatever it is. He's, like, around, he has, he's like 12, and he has this one, my name's Al. I love it's, like, it's like raspy. <laughs> yes, I love him. He's Big Al. And at, home, or my, and at home, they call me Big Al, and I hit dingers. <laughs> and then he hit two homers in one day, like the next day. Uh, he's great. He's great. He's like a, a national phenomenon, but they have a T-shirt now. Yeah. It was on Jimmy Kimmel and everything. Nice. They have a T-shirt that's in his school colors that says Big Al hits dingers. I, I want Big that Al. shirt so bad. Be like Big Al. Be confident. Know who you are. And then hit dingers, whatever that means in your life. Like right? on his Go resume, it's going to say like what's Big your, Al, what's your, like mass yes, 72 yes, font. Yep. And then it says hits dingers, like one page. Like what, what is your, what, what skills do you have to help with this job? I hit dingers. I hit dingers. They're like, you're hired. And I'm related to Jeff Judkins. <laughs> Scrimmage number two in the books for BYU football. Lots to discuss. Lots of sound to play. Let's go. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right. Many of players have switched position in spring and now fall camp. Zane Anderson, Sione Takitaki, Diane Gonwoloku, Troy Warner, Matt Hadley, and most notably, Bo Hodge. Assistant head coach Ed Lamb addressed this process and approval in a few sound bites we've edited together after practice yesterday. The head coach and the special teams coordinator are all on most every team going to be the guys making uh, a lot of the early decisions about um, where we look at personnel. And, and the reason for that is the special teams coordinator works with every single player on the roster. There's no player on this roster that doesn't have a daily job in the special teams area. And except the exception to that would be, you know, the, the quarterbacks. But when we talk about uh, having a large depth ch- chart at quarterbacks. And, and guys look at which players can move and help the team at another position. And so I'm, I'm generally involved in those conversations. It's not particular to BYU. It's not particular to, to me. It's a, it's, a, it's a special teams coordinator duty. The general uh, criteria goes like this. Um, X player is at number three through five on the depth chart on this side of the ball or at this position. Can he move up? at another position and we're just taking our best guess and we're often right and we're often wrong generally the offensive coordinator position coaches are going to come to me ask me the head coach and say what do you think about this guy do you think he play another position what's your evaluation of him and that's how the conversation went but in really in in most cases it doesn't even go that far sometimes the position coach makes a change Okay, so some insight into what goes down when a player switches positions. Jason, did you learn anything from Coach Lamb's comments on the process of position changes? I did. I did not know 
that one of the duties of the special teams coordinator is to be involved in those discussions. But I will say, after hearing Ed talk about it, that makes perfect sense because he does deal with the majority of the roster in that capacity as special teams coordinator. I did. I, I have been doing this a very long time. I've been around a lot of football. I did not know that that was part of the duties of most special teams coordinators. Well, there's one particular position that the special teams coordinator wouldn't be involved in as much, right? A quarterback, unless that person switches positions. But this makes sense to me. And, of course, this is approved by Kalani Sitake and everybody there. He's the head coach, okay? But the point is this. Get the best players on the field, okay? This makes sense. If someone's going to be buried as the third string somewhere, why not see if they'd be the first or second string elsewhere and get them on the field? They can always switch back, of course. They're more experienced at that position in the first place, okay? That player will always be there. And there have been a bunch of notable positions, many of which are on our screen and I outlined, okay? You better believe these position switches aren't exclusive, by the way, to a single coach like it start, they have staff meetings. They're discussing the personnel. They're discussing what's best. Their jobs are on the line. They're going to make sure the best players are on the field, independent of uh, other agendas, to make sure that BYU can be the best team it can be. Now, not everyone will always agree with those position switches. And perhaps midseason, we see guys go back to certain positions. We'll see. Like, is Matt Hadley a running back the whole time? Well, it depends. Are the linebackers healthy? Do you need him elsewhere? You can always switch uh, midseason. And when what a guy is out of high school doesn't mean he'll be that position in college, per se. Kainakua was a really good quarterback in Vegas coming out of high school. He's one of the best safeties that's played at BYU in the past 10 years. Yeah, the, what you mentioned, it's, it's the bottom line to all this. It's all about getting the best players in the best positions. And we've talked a lot about this, and this is one of the things when Kalani was in the process of getting hired and once he was hired – we knew the kind of track record that Coach Satake has at previous stops, most notably the University of Utah, where he was able to identify maybe, you know, maybe that guy would be better served playing here and maybe be more successful, be able to get on the field a little bit more. Oh, Chase Hansen was an excellent quarterback at Lone Peak in Utah. He's been an awesome safety. Now he's a linebacker. Yeah, they, there, there is certainly a track record. And, and again, it's all about getting the best players on the field however you can use them. That's the bottom line. After the scrimmage, a lot of uh, discussion on maybe um, which side of the ball won, which we'll get into a little bit. I'm not sure I buy that. Special but, teams won. Yeah, special teams won. Uh, but we had an opportunity to hear from the offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, and one of the questions that he was asked is if BYU has a playmaker right now. I think so. I don't know if we've got, if we've got that one guy who's going to necessarily go the distance, and he's a guy that the defense is saying, this guy right here is the guy we need to, to worry about and always know where he is. I think we have a group that, that has the potential to play well together, and if they play well together, then they'll have opportunities for big plays. But I don't know that we have that one guy at this point. All right, Jeremy, are, are you concerned that there's not that one playmaker on the BYU offense? Uh, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Because BYU plays five power fives. Four on the road, plus Boise State. So you kind of need that guy. But I imagine that that guy or guys could emerge. I'm going to give them the opportunity to play it out and see if they can be that guy. I don't think there's a single player that right now Wisconsin and Washington are like, oh, man, how are we going to stop that guy? Yet those players exist on opposing teams for BYU right now. Um, They're definitely playmakers, okay? Like the guy, no. 
But I, I feel confident on both sides of the ball that there are playmakers. I feel good about Sione Takitaki and Zane Anderson and Diangon Wolaku and Corbin Kafusi and Kairos Tonga as soon as he gets to the right weight or whatever, apparently. Offensively, uh, I, I like what BYU has at uh, wide receiver with Dylan Colley, shorthanded. Is he a stretch the field kind of guy? Not as much, but he is a shorthanded, crisp route, going to make it. Uh, if he's throwing the ball, he's going to come down with it a lot of the time. I like Matt Bushman. I like Marone. I like Pututau. I like uh, incoming fresh and Dallin Holker and what he could do. So there and Micah Simon deep. We saw a couple times last year. There are players, but the, having the one single like on. A, I don't think Mitch Matthews is elite, but when we, he was on the field, I felt pretty good about Mitch making a play like that kind of player. That kind of player I don't see is on the roster right now on offense. Yeah, I mean, am I concerned? No, I'm not concerned right now. But you certainly hope that that guy emerges. I'm not going to be concerned in week three of fall camp. Now, if you're into week, game three of the season and we, maybe you haven't had somebody, then I think you're, pro- you're probably a lot more concerned. There is still plenty of time for that guy to emerge. For BYU to have right. the success it wants, it's going to need to have somebody step into that role to your point. But like Coach Grimes said, the collective group has playmakers. And until a guy becomes the playmaker, you know, the group's going to have to play well together, which I think they're confident they can do. But I, I think when you're talking about finding a playmaker, sometimes that, that, that's something that you have to see in game-type situations against a, another team. Right, and, and I think it's what he means is a stretch-the-field, yes. dynamic, could-score-on-any-play kind of guy. I think that's what he's getting at. Yeah, I, I, there's run- plenty of time for a guy to emerge. I'm not concerned right. at all right now. Running back, I don't, I don't see that guy currently, right? Receiver, I don't see that guy currently. And a tight end, it's, they're not going to stretch the field. They're going to be a third-down option, right? So, yeah, it's listen, coming off a 4-9 season with that kind of offense where you fire the offensive staff, yeah, you didn't have any. That's why they were fired, you know? So let's see what this group can do. But the question is, can a mostly returning offense produce a mostly different result? That's the question we have to figure out. Yesterday, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes also answered a question about going to running back by committee or if there is a workhorse single guy. I'm okay with either, and I've had success with both. It just kind of depends on what you have. If you've got If you've got one guy that's clearly better than the rest – then, then I'm great giving him most of the carries. If you have two or three guys who are similar in terms of their effectiveness, then I'm more than happy to do that, even if it means slightly different roles. Some guys run different plays better than others. So history has shown that both approaches can be effective. Okay. On the other hand, head coach Kalani Stocky says the team does need a starter at running back. No, we, we need to have a guy that's going to be the starter. That's, that's what they're competing for, and so we need to name a starter. And then knowing that... Um, the other guys will help complement him. So that's, that needs to happen, and, and we'll get there. So does it matter if BYU has a workhorse at running back or runs the ball by committee? Um, no, because both can be successful, like Coach Grimes said. It just depends on what both you— both be equally successful? Uh, they can both be successful. I think you can get—look, it goes to—look at, uh, I know, one of your favorite movies, Moneyball. They had one the guy that was, did not win the World Series. I know, and that is your point about that. But they had they were replacing all of this production from one player, and they did it by getting small amounts from a couple of different players. This was the idea going into last year after Jamal Williams. No, it but, did not work. Look, it, both can be successful. I am of the opinion 
that having a workhorse back is always better. Amen. It's always the better option. But even if you have one guy getting the majority of the reps, you still have to have guys behind him sure. that will come in and spell him. So I, I realize I'm talking about some of the greatest to ever run the ball for BYU, but guys like Jamal Williams, Harvey Unga, Curtis Brown, Luke Staley, those guys took that position and made it theirs. And BYU was better for it. If one of the current running backs can do that, I think BYU will be better for it. If not, there's enough talent in the backfield, though, to be productive. There's no question in my mind about that. (sighs) This is an interesting one because you know what's really similar to the quarterback situation uh, is the running back situation. You have a senior and a freshman appearing to be the top two, and we don't know who the number one is, right? Interesting. Uh, Squally Canada, the senior, has been... 5.9 5.9 yards per carry in his career is kind of an underrated stat, in, in my opinion. That's, that's an excellent number. Had an excellent game against UNLV. Can Squally be really effective against the Power 5 teams? Then you have Lopini Katoa, who redshirted last year. He's the freshman. Zach Wilson's a true freshman, but the point I'm trying to make is senior versus freshman for that top spot. K.J. Hall is still recovering from injury. We have not seen him in practice yet. Riley Burt, of course, Bo Hodge, Matt Hadley. It appears that Lopini Katoa... The artist formerly known as Zach is going against Bryant Canada, who goes by Squally, uh, and it's those two. BYU didn't have a guy, otherwise they would have named him. That's the case for quarterback and running back at this point. I'm with you. It would be ideal to have that one guy because then you can focus on it. Then the uh, then you become more unpredictable. If you want to be crazy predictable, put in a bunch of different running backs in different formations. And then it's going to be obvious that when this guy's in, they generally throw to him. When this guy's in, they run the ball to him or whatever. So it's down to, to me, will Squally Canada or Lopini Katoa emerge as the number one guy and then the, the other guy's the number two? Because you got to give him like 70% of the carries and you go with that. So do you believe Bo would be in the mix to be with I think Squally he, and Lopini? I think he could. And I, I think he is. I had a crazy hot take a couple weeks ago, right, that I thought Bo yes. Hodge might be the best running back BYU has. I'm talking physically, the ability, quickness, speed, and whatnot. Certainly doesn't have as much experience at that position at the moment, but I, I like what Bo Hodge offers uh, BYU right now. Let's, yeah, there's no question. I mean, we've talked so much about it. He, he looks the part. Like everything we've, everything yes. I have seen – he has has looked like he fits right in, and perhaps BYU doesn't want to invest as a running back totally. And they go, okay, we're gonna we're gonna get you the ball in different space uh, areas, and we're going to like throw the ball and trick plays eventually. I don't know. Yeah, like, right. I, why not? Why not? Question of the day: Who will be the playmaker for BYU football this season, and why? Let's go to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, at Laser Sheep on Twitter, Zane Anderson. If what we're hearing from his coaches and teammates is legit, defensive playmakers can have an enormous effect on a team's success. See KVN footage for proof. Absolutely. No uh, greater proof than the 2012 Poinsettia Bowl, man. The fourth quarter. Just single-handedly single- dominated that. Single-handedly. <laughs> at the Brentar 14 on Twitter. In Brady Papinga's voice, can we play the Bo Hodge? Drive. Bo Hodge. I think he can make special things happen as a running back, especially as a pass catcher out in the backfield. Has potential to make defenders look stupid when he gets the ball in space. I'm interested to see how Bo Hodge is used. Yes. Well, and, and the the part that I want to focus on from that uh, that tweet is... Brady Papinga's voice? No, it's not oh. Brady Papinga's voice, which is awesome. Uh, being a, a pass catcher out of the backfield, that is, I think, going to be a much more uh, important role 
that the running backs will have this year than maybe what we've seen in the last couple of years. Throw it backwards to him, and then he just throws it. Now it gets uh, intramural-like, right? Am I right? Continue to weigh in on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, we look at the BYU defensive back with a position preview and going one-on-one with Dion Gonwoloku. thought it was Lake. What? Plus, Jason's one-on-one with the kid who took not one but two cheerleaders to prom, quarterback Zach Wilson. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Women's Volleyball hosts Utah Valley University Saturday afternoon. That would be tomorrow afternoon in an exhibition at Smith Fieldhouse. You can join Spencer, Jerem, and me on the broadcast. I like to call it the BYU Sports Nation broadcast of BYU Women's Volleyball. You can see that on BYU TV and the BYU TV app at 3 p.m. Eastern time. I'm excited to see the number eight team in the country play tomorrow. Let's go. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our question of the day, who will be the playmaker for BYU football this season? Why? At Broncos Lover. And we determined that uh, this person uh, is a Denver Broncos. He is a Denver Broncos fan. I was always like, is this a Boise State fan? No, it's a Denver Broncos fan. Or Bronco Mendenhall fan. That's true. But it says Broncos. Like, all the people named Bronco? I don't know. Maybe. I believe there are a few who have a chance to be but one that some have forgotten is MLP. I think in a two-tight end set, he will get lots of chances to make plays and has a knack for getting open. Excited to see him come back strong this year. I am, too. I am, too. Hidden gem. Not a lot of people are talking about it just because they forgot. Nathan Farmer on Facebook. Obvious answer is Bushman, but hopefully some other guys step up as well. Bushman was the shining star last year. Uh, let's hope there are more so it's not as epically bad as last year. <laughs> if Matt Bushman is the only guy again, it's not good for BYU. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, we will read your responses later in the show. BYU freshman quarterback Zach Wilson now has a nickname. I'm giving him this. You are, you are bestowing this nickname Ready on for him this? right now. Ready? Zach the Maverick Wilson. Uh, his dad owns a couple of Mavericks in Utah. He's been one of the biggest storylines in fall camp. Okay, The freshman from Draper, Utah, he's impressed to the point of pushing Tanner Mangum for the starting quarterback spot. Is he surprised he's in this position? Jason Shepard chatted with the 18-year-old after practice. Are you living the dream right now? I mean, you were just in high school a couple months ago, and now you're you're vying for the starting job at BYU. This is nuts, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, such a great opportunity to be out here, um, you know, loving it every day. You know, there's nothing to worry about, no stress. So, you know, nothing I, nothing I could ask for. I love it. So you guys just wrapped up your, your scrimmage. Um, Kalani said you guys went about 90 plays for the team. How do you think you did and the offense did today? I think the offense did well. I mean, uh, you know, we tried to keep it pretty straightforward today. Uh, we really tried to work on things, you know, we need uh, in situational kind of things, um, things we can clean up. Um, and I think as a team, you know, we, we grow from every moment out here on the field. You know, we find new things we can work on in practice. And, you know, I think the team did really well. You know, even our bad plays from people watching on the outside, you can tell things are coming together as a team, you know, in practice. Once we clean up one little thing, it'll be there. You know, I know coaches talk a lot about when there is a mistake made, how quickly the, the, the players can react and turn it around. Are you seeing those mistakes getting cleaned up quickly? Yeah, you do. I mean, uh, we come right off the field. We'll talk about them. Hey, you had this. You should have done this. Um, you know, next time we'll go back out, they'll run the play again, and, and guys will clean it up, and we'll see things, you know, working out. And, uh, you know, it's pretty much a game situation out there. We're, we're trying to, you know, straighten out all the wrinkles now before we get in there. From the quarterback position, how is the offense coming along? Is it where you would expect it to be at this point in the season? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we've jumped – 
we've jumped, I guess, further than I would have thought. I mean, there's a lot of offense in. There's a lot of install. Um, they threw it in pretty quick on us. There's a lot of checks, motions, you know, everything. And, you know, I think the players have handled it really well. I mean, most of our missed assignments are, are small little plays that, you know, we know what we should have done. And, and we'll go over them and fix them. But, um, you know, I think we're making big strides. And I think once we cut it down and we, you know, perfect our certain things, we'll be really good. Everybody that we've talked to about you has all mentioned how, how quickly, and they're amazed at how quickly you've been able to pick everything up. Uh, Dylan Colley was saying, it's just amazing, guys that are freshmen like this aren't supposed to be able to understand it this quickly. Has that always been a gift of yours to be able to pick things up quickly? Did it even surprise you? Um, coming in to Jan- like coming in in January, I knew that was one of my biggest things. You know that can hold you back as a freshman is, is how quickly you learn the offense and just make it you know second nature. So I, you know I really spent a lot of time studying my playbook and, and making sure that when I do have the opportunity to go and and play, I knew exactly what I was doing. I wasn't you know didn't know my reads were. I knew exactly what I was doing, and it, you know it just makes playing a whole lot easier when you know what you're doing. So you said a, uh, maybe a week, week and a half ago that being here in January is probably the best decision you could have ever made. Why was that so important for you? I mean, I just got a head start on the offense. I got here, you know, this, I, I learned the offense the same time as all the other quarterbacks did, the same time as the rest of the offense did. And, you know, through that whole process, we're learning such, such small things on, you know, little details about each play, and I pick up on all those just because I got here earlier. You know, coming in the summer, um, you learn things differently. I mean, you get everything thrown at you at one time. You just have to pick it all up. But, you know, I got to learn it in a, in a long process, I guess. Are you used to everybody knowing who you are? And I mean, before we did this interview, you, you stopped and you took pictures with a ton of little kids. We were so excited to get a picture with you. I mean, is that, is that nuts for you? I don't even think they knew who I was. I think they were just, oh, that kid looks like he was playing. He's a football player. Sure, with him, yeah. yeah, kind of thing. But, you know, it is, it is a shock um, getting people reaching out and, you know, and saying, you know, I love watching you play, things like that. You know, it's really humbling. It's, uh, you know, it kind of just makes you want to keep going with things and, and keep working hard. How are you and Tanner handling this, this battle for the starting job? I mean, I would imagine it's a situation where you're pushing him and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, we're great with each other. I mean, I, I push him every day. He pushes me. And then, you know, we're, we're cheering for each other as well. When he makes a good throw, I'm making sure I tell him, hey, good job. But, you know, if I see something he missed or like, hey, I think you had this here, we go back and forth. We want each other to do good. And, you know, we wish each other good luck every time we get out on the field too. So, you know, it's a good, good friendship. Just because, you know, you don't necessarily see a freshman – being in this position, a lot of people are surprised that you're in the position you are. Are you surprised? Um, I'm not, just because I guess I know what I'm capable of doing. Um, you know, I think that's the best way to approach something is, is when you have no hype, you have no expectations. Um, you got nothing to lose, no pressure. I think that's the best time to, you know, be able to show people what you got, I guess. We are talking about, we're doing like position previews, and we're going to talk about the defensive backs. So I wanted to get your take, since you go up against these guys, what are you seeing from the guys in, in, in the, uh, the secondary? we got some athletes back there. I know that for sure. Um, we're always mixing it up, rolling guys, blitzing. Um, especially this last week in practice, we had a lot of pressure coming at us as quarterbacks, and we've had to handle things like that. But I know, you know we got a lot of speed and strength in the backfield with our DBs. I know they're... They're, they're really good at disguising things, switching things up on us, and, you know, it makes us better as an offense as well. So, you know, I'm glad we have a good, uh, I guess, DB crew back there. Defense as a whole, um, what's it like to play against these guys? I mean, how, I know that they feel 
they in talking with with some of those guys, they like the progress that they're making, just like you guys do on offense. What do you see from those guys on a daily basis? I mean, it's good our offense is pushing them because I think it, it makes each of us better, you know. And uh, you know, I've heard in the past the defense kind of dominated the offense last year, so I'm glad we can, you know, switch it up a little bit. But um, I know we have some dogs on the D line too, and you know that causes a lot of problems with our O line. And and I know our O line fixes things, and the, you know they get up and, and make some good plays. And I think. Uh, I kind of have the approach, like, if, if we can complete passes and run the ball on our defense, we can run it on and throw it on any defense. Um, you know, I think they're, they're a great core. So, What's the best part about being Zach Wilson right now? <laughs> Just the opportunity to come out here and play football, I guess. That's it. That's, that's, that's what people want to know. Zach, appreciate the time. Awesome. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. It's Jason Shepard uh, with Zach Wilson yesterday after the yep. uh, scrimmage number two. Got there. him out of the heat. He's saying all the right things. Yeah. I, I think he's playing this really well. Like, BYU's, uh, listen, uh, there have been previous freshmen who, you know, handled it differently. And uh, I think Zach Wilson's playing it all right. I, I think he'd be excited to be the starter, but I get the vibe that if he's the backup, that he's totally okay with it and that he would learn and then his time will come. I believe that Zach Wilson will start a game this year for BYU, at least one game. Look, At least one. Zach is one of those players that, regardless of the situation, it is not going to change his preparation one bit. Whether he's named the starter, whether he's Tanner's backup, whatever the situation is, this is a guy that puts a premium on being prepared. And I think it really goes to, and you heard him talk about it, it was so important for him to be in school early in January so that as soon as that new offense was being implemented, he was there with everybody else learning it day one. That was really important to him. And, and as he said, it, it's been huge. It's been such a, a pivotal thing for him in terms of getting to this, to this spot, being able to have that extra time and to learn the scheme with all the other quarterbacks at the same time. There are a few things that have contributed to uh, the current situation at BYU. I think if Zach Wilson does not enroll early at BYU, that perhaps Bo Hodge might still be a quarterback. Because when Zach Wilson enrolled early, all of a sudden he's in the mix. And then he did well, now he's in the top three. And then in the beginning of fall camp, now he's in the top two. Okay, All he's done is climb up and impress so far. And it's because he enrolled early, he's committed, was a Boise State verbal commit, uh, Came to BYU and here he is now, and now he might be the starter in game one. Like things going, it's good to be Zach Wilson. It's good to be Zach Wilson right now. But will he be the starting quarterback against Arizona? Countdown to the Wildcats. Fifteen days. That's a weird one. Yeah, you're. you're Fifteen days. Yeah. Yeah, you're. I went right elongating the syllable. If I was Eddie Vedder, I might with Pearl Jam, but. I'd or what about Jack Black as, as Eddie, Eddie Vedder in Tenacious D as Pearl Jam? Wow. <laughs> wow. I love the connections we yeah, just yeah, made. Yeah, that was some interstellar stuff. That was, some, that was impressive. Coming up, speaking of one-on-ones, how about my one-on-one with Diane Gonwoloku plus a defensive back position preview. The defense forced a turnover and created some sacks yesterday. What does it mean? We will discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. And welcome back. Jeremy Jordan, Jason Shepard, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Of course, we are also on demand on the apps. We'll check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. After yesterday's second fall camp scrimmage, head coach Klein's talk, he said the BYU defense 
came up with five or six sacks and forced a fumble to stop the offense after a long drive. Here's what else he said. Good day. Nine live reps. Uh, nine. Ninety live reps. Uh, had some live reps in, uh, with our special teams as, as well. So I um, thought defense did pretty good today. I'll have to watch the film. I think the uh, first half was uh, really controlled by a lot of what the defense did. But, um, yeah, I think, I think uh, offense did some good things uh, later on in the second half. Also, Zach the Maverick Wilson threw a 50-yard TD to Aleva Hifo, and Skyler Southam, freshman return missionary kicker, hit a 48-yard field goal. Well, well, well. Hearing lots of very positive things about Mr. Southam. Kyle Van Oy recorded two solo tackles, two tackles for loss, and one sack in the New England Patriots' 37-20 victory. Jamal Williams left the Green Bay Packers win with an ankle injury. ESPN's Rob Domofsky reports the injury does not seem to be a long-term issue. Also, yeah, absolutely, that's great news. Several other former Cougars, including Taysom Hill, Ziggy Ansah, Algie Brown, DeAndre Wesley, Micah Hanneman, Colby Pearson, and John Denny will all be in action with their respective NFL teams this weekend. The women's soccer team opens the season tonight at Cal State Fullerton at 9 Eastern. Listen to the game right here on BYU Radio or the app. Pre-game at 8.30 Eastern. Absolutely. And women's volleyball plays UVU tomorrow in an exhibition match at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Catch the broadcast on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. Okay, let's dive into what happened yesterday at scrimmage a little bit. Uh, practice 13, I believe. Uh, scrimmage number two. The defense forced a turnover. We discussed a few <laughs> days ago, Spencer and I, whether it was a big deal that in Saturday's scrimmage, in a reported uh, 160 plays or so, that uh, the offense did not to turn, o- turn over the ball a single time. Now, yesterday, they turned it over just once. What are we to make of this as we update this conversation, Jason? Uh, well, I know, and, and you'll hear coming up with uh, the interview with, uh, with Diane, the defense did not like the fact that in the previous scrimmage, the offense outplayed them. And so they came in. Not just in turnovers, but overall? Just overall. Okay. They, they wanted to make sure that they came out with the necessary energy and, um, and intensity. And we, usually when you're playing like that, you're going to force some turnovers. You know, you're, Even one needs to happen by accident. Yes. So I, they, they were very pleased, not just because of that, but with the opportunity to have the, the entire defense. They, they felt they played a lot better, that they made the progress from the last scrimmage to this scrimmage. Two thoughts. One, the defense got a turnover. Yes. So you're telling me that in two scrimmages they forced one turnover? That's it? I think it needs to be more. Also, I think the offense needs to throw a pick occasionally. You're not going to be that clean actually in the games. And if you're not that aggressive, you're not going to score enough points to win against five Power 5 teams in Boise State for five of those games on the you road. You want the yeah. offense? Yes. Like, like, throw, like, like a gimme? No. Make them feel no. better? No. No. Like... That your aggressive nature. Oh, because you're making, yes, you're trying to make yes. squeeze a ball into it. Yeah. Ty Detmer does not throw 121 touchdown passes if he doesn't throw 65 picks. Do you know what I mean by that? Yes, I understand like, what you're saying. He has to be aggressive. So be I understand that, aggressive. Yes, yeah. that this offense initially will be conservative. I get it. I get it. And I'm actually told that there were uh, two turnovers 
yesterday. So the defense did even more. I'm curious your take on this. What do you? Every time there is a scrimmage, one of the first couple of questions is always, so who won the day? Was it the defense yeah, or the yeah. offense? I would just say every day, special teams won. <laughs> I would just say that every day. Like, that would but, be my but like it's, it's, to me at least, it's kind of a, it's a non-issue who won because – these both sides know what the other side is doing. Right. They've been going against this not just in fall camp but for months. So I, I don't know if you can. Yes, you want to see one side. You want to see both sides play well. Yes. But but whoever has the advantage, it's it's different in that situation versus a, an opponent that you don't know anything about. So like they both sides should know exactly what the other side is doing. So to find out who won, I don't I don't think it really tells you anything. There's also this idea, which brings me to my second thought. Um, when assessing fall camp, just undervalue everything. Everything. Just undervalue it. Because of the points you're making. And do you want one side of the ball to dominate in fall camp? Would it, do you want one side to be the dominant side? No, I want them both. Yes, yes. I want them both you, to dominate. I want complete, that's not possible. I want but, complete balance. Here's, yes. Here's why. If the offense is awesome, it means the defense stinks. And vice versa. Yes. So you, you, not necessarily, but probably. Okay. Yet undervalue everything. Okay. Oh, so this happened. Oh, Arizona is going to play different than BYU. It could be worse. It could be better. Right. Um, and what BYU does in the scrimmage isn't a full tell of what's going to happen. Right. They aren't hitting the quarterbacks. They aren't hitting the quarterbacks. You know when Tanner Mangum's probably going to be first hit as the eventual probable starter. Unlike the second play of the game when, you know, uh, when Colin Schooler of Arizona linebacker gets into the backfield and, and Tanner gets a ball away uh, and he's, he's hit. So it's not – it's still not real. It's still not real. It's, it's developing depth. It's avoiding injury. Like, not everyone's playing as much as they would play. So just undervalue everything a little bit because guess what? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be real later. It's gonna, not real right now. I'm about to get philosophical. You like to get philosophical. It's our it's our American sports philosophy. We have to win. It's got to be a winner. There has to be a winner yes. in whatever we do. We're back to back World War champs. Of course, we're winners here. <laughs> it all boils down to winning. Which side won? Well, who won? So we, yeah, we want to evaluate. It's, yes, it, we we care about the end more than the means, right? Yes. In this, I think the means matter quite a bit right now with with BYU football. It's not about the end. The end will come in the game. And by the way, winning is important. No, it's hashtag ev- winning is important. It's everything. What <laughs> question of the day? Who will be the playmaker for BYU football this season? At Kwill four two four eight on Twitter. That sounds like a, a droid. Kwill four two four eight on Twitter. I'm going to say Squally Canada continues the momentum from the end of last season and goes for a thousand yards this season. A thousand would be nice. Squally's one of those guys that I'm really curious to see what this season is like for him as a yes, senior. Because yes. there, there's just there's been ups and downs, and it just I'm curious to see what he can do. I know he's focused. I've talked to him about it. He's focused. He's excited for his senior season. It'd without be awesome question. if he said, "You know what? I'm not focused." It's like you know what? <laughs> I'm not dialed in. What? How, how much squality will he provide this year? That, I'm hoping to see several squality runs. Absolutely. Mm. Coming up, BYU gets a game with the Ohio State. Contractually, we had to say that. We'll tell you when and where in the whip. That's not true. It's a grammatical way. thing with them, but it is true. It'll be in the whip. Don Gunwoloku is expected to make an impact in the secondary. Jason goes one-on-one with the safety. This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU women's soccer begins regular season tonight on the road at Cal State. Fullerton, listen to the call with Greg Rubel on BYU Radio at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Pre-game starts 9.30 Eastern. I think we said a different time earlier, so let's just make sure we're good on that time. 10 Eastern, pre-game at 9.30 Eastern. Oh, that is correct. Okay. Uh, I'm Jerem. He's Jason. Welcome. It's Friday. It's BYU, BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV and BYU Radio. If you miss the show live, you can always download the podcast or watch the show on BYUSN.com. You can experience BYUSN whenever you want. Our question of the day, who will be the playmaker for BYU football this season and why? Brandon Jones on Facebook. Micah Simon has improved every year. I expect him to be the guy and the playmaker for this offense because of his veteran status. Kali as well, but Simon needs to show he is the leader. Micah Simon's an interesting figure because he was a leader among the receivers last year. Had a few uh, moments of brilliance. Had a nice touchdown catch against uh, ECU. Had a the longest pass play of the season uh, against Wisconsin. So we'll see what Micah Simon can bring to the table. Former quarterback in high school. Excellent athlete. We'll see what he can bring. Yeah, he's had a he's had a nice uh, camp so far. He's been able to make some pretty impressive catches. And I mean, this is a guy that you talk about looking the part. He looks the part. This yeah. he's he's Got ready. Them muscly arms. Yes, he's ready to go. I can appreciate that. Earlier on the show, we heard from assistant coach Ed Lamb about the process of position switches. And this fall, that's been a talking point. One of the more prominent people switching positions. Diane Gonwoluku, the junior safety, he found himself as a good cornerback, but now is seeing the field from the back end of the defense. Here's Jason's conversation with the junior. A lot of this week has really been preparing for the scrimmage today at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. How do you think it went? Connie said you guys went about 90 live reps. Yeah, it went good. Last time we had like 120. This time it was less, but it went good. We're just trying to compete with the offense, trying to make them better. They're trying to make us better, so I feel like it was good. Kalani said he'd have to look at the film to kind of judge who did better, but he said he was really pleased with the defense, especially in the first half. Yeah, like this this scrimmage, I feel like we won. Last scrimmage, they for sure got us, put up like almost 50 points on us, but it's pretty even right now. We're just going head-to-head, same guys every time, but it's good. It doesn't matter if it's a real game, practice, scrimmage. You guys want to be the best, right? Oh, yeah, we're competitive. You already know that. You see us out there talking trash to each other, but we love each other, trying to make each other better, like I said, but... So far, so good. Anybody stand out to you on the defensive side today? Maybe besides you, of course. <laughs> no, we got a lot of young guys. Like I feel like the corners did a lot better today. Like They're young at that position. I felt like uh, Isaiah's been doing good. Uh, Malik, both of them, the, they've been playing a big role for us on punt all that. But the corners mostly, I feel like, stood out to me with this scrimmage. We're actually previewing the secondary on the show. What's been your overall impression of the defensive backs hey we're just like we're just young so we're just learning but I feel like as time goes on the games this uh, this year we're gonna get better and better working with each other and so we're gonna be we're gonna have depth comp- uh, competition on each position corner safety but we're just gonna rotate in best playmakers gonna be out there playing so what do you think uh, how do you think the transition to safety has gone for you how quickly do you felt you've picked it up I picked it up quicker than I thought I would. Like, it's hard, obviously. I'm talking a lot more instead of just out there at corner, uh, calling out calls, telling the safety what to do, know what the linebackers do. But I feel like I picked it up pretty good, and I'm just trying to fill in my role at safety and try to be just as good as I was at corner. So, You know, and you mentioned being a little bit more vocal. 
for those that may not necessarily know, they may think you're just moving to the back of the What is the biggest difference from a player perspective going from corner to safety? Just like formation recognition. Like at corner, you just, oh, that's my guy on the far right. right. At safety, it's like, oh, you got to check this motion. If someone motions this way, you got to check to a whole nother play. So it's just, it's, it's way different. But Preston's awesome. He's been a great uh, mentor to me on trying to get me comfortable in that position. And it's helped me a lot to learn the safety position spot. That's what I was going to ask. What has Preston brought to the group? Excitement, like energy. He brings the energy to us. Like what we're trying to play for him and ourselves and our teammates. And so it's just like if you can play for your coach, your position coach especially, you're going to make plays. And you trust him to put you in the right spots to make those plays. He's not that far removed from playing. Does that help too? No, yeah, that's for sure. Like he knows exactly what we're going through. <laughs> he's been here, so... Yeah, but he's young, but he has the knowledge that we need. When when were you first approached about making the switch? I, I was talking to Troy about this, and he said that it's something that's kind of always been there. Is the possibility of moving to safety? Uh, how was that brought up, and um, and and when were you like, okay, yeah, I could do that? Uh, it was like we've always kind of talked about it even last season, yeah. but just like one of those things where it's like talked about maybe I'll move there, maybe I'll try to play there, but it happened really during like spring ball. They said we'll try you there at safety and see how you go, how it does. And I've been there so far, so it's going good so far. You mentioned a few minutes ago some of the young guys, but when you look at the safeties in particular, whether it's you, Troy, Austin Lee, there's a lot of depth at the secondary position. It seems like anybody could come in and, and the, the level of play doesn't drop off. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. If one person's tired, the next man up. One person goes down, next man up. That's how it is. So we, that's when we try to master our positions, uh, free and strong. That's what Preston always says, no both, because you never know who's going to go down, what's going to happen. Just a couple more weeks before you guys are playing an actual game in Tucson, where do you feel for you you still need to, to take uh, that next step? What, what are some improvements you feel you still need to make before you get to Tucson? Uh, personal improvement is just like checking faster, like recognize information and just have it quick, have it called out, have a second nature, just to know what play they're going to run, like where the ball's going to go. Just that's the main thing for me, I feel like. Been asking whether it's the defense asking about the offense or vice versa, what are you seeing from this offense? It's a new scheme, and the players on offense seem to feel really comfortable with the scheme. What's it like to go against it? I love it. I feel like it sets us up to play any team in the country to be honest because they have a lot of formations and they're smart guys on offense so they know what they're doing Grimes knows what he's doing and it just helps us prepare for whatever team we go against whether it's spread uh, double tie whatever it is we're ready for it just because our offense prepares us for that with all their formation they do Every time I see you, you've got a smile on your face. You love what you do, don't you? I love it. <laughs> like, it's fun. Like, there's nothing I'd rather do than play f- football at BYU, families close by, friends on the team. It's fun. Great stuff. Appreciate the time and good luck. Hey, thank you. Good stuff with Dian Gonwoloku, who is a player on that BYU defense. And if uh, Spencer were here, he would mention that uh, he is a fellow Northridge Knight with Spencer. So I guess I have to get out there. He does it. always have a smile on his face. Oh, Diane's fantastic. He's great. Great personality. He's great. Always fun. He's a good player. He's a really good player. Four-star kid out of high school. Uh, redshirt his first year. Had a pick six as a freshman at Boise State that everyone kind of remembers, uh, you know, going down the sideline there. And then you see that the line's not exactly straight there. Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> but he is a part of a group in the safeties that, like you talked about, 
Has some good guys, but who is playing cornerback? That brings us to our latest position preview, which you teased, the defensive backs, Jason. Yeah, coaching the defensive backs. General Guilford is in charge of the cornerbacks, and Preston Hadley, as we talked about with Dion, is uh, in charge of the safeties. The best player, not just because we, best player? we just had him on. It's not because of that. Or is it? Or is it well-planned? Well it is produced? not. Ooh, that could be it. There is a lot of thought that goes into this. Who's the best player? Diango Woloku, I think. I, I think right now, think there's so. a case that could be made for a couple, but I, I think I think it's I think it's Dion. He's a fourth year junior, five career INTs. You mentioned the pick six at Boise State, ten career pass breakups. I, I think right now there's more known about him than anybody else. Yes, what he's done on the field, absolutely. Um newcomers to watch. Mostly all at cornerback to keep an eye on, okay? Malik Moore, Keenan Ellis, D'Angelo Mandel, he used to go by Gunter, and Isaiah Heron. These are guys that are in the mix. Trevion Green uh, banged up, so not in the mix at the moment. He would be in this group, although he was on the team last year. Um, which brings us to the projected two deep. Now, the big question is cornerback because yes. Gonwoloku and Warner, and we've insufferably talked about it, have switched to safety. So who's playing corner now? Yeah, the, the cornerbacks are the projected two deep. You're probably looking at Chris Wilcox and Michael Shelton as your starters, and then backing them up, maybe Keenan Ellis and Bo Tanner. Which, again, we're very happy yeah. to have Bo Tanner back for Bo Tanner or Bo Tanner. That's right. And I talked to him uh, Wednesday about it. He's, he's excited. I, and, and there's a lot of competition yes. there for – I think Chris Wilcox is a starter. There's competition for Michael Shelton's spot and then the other guys in the mix. There's some good athleticism there. We'll see who emerges as the top guys. But it's, it's those guys, Bo Tanner and Malik Moore and Keenan Ellis, D'Angelo Mandel, Isaiah Heron. They're all in the mix at corner right now. Yeah, in terms of the safety, uh, Dion and Troy Warner, probably you're starting two safeties behind them. Austin McChesney and Austin Lee. The backup Austins. The backup Austins. Yeah, yeah. the backup Austins. That's probably probably your projected too deep at this point. Austin Lee could be a starter. There's no well, question. Former, yeah, and which brings me to uh, some human interest stories here. Uh, Austin Lee, former Utah player. Okay, played a couple games a couple years ago. Went to Salt Lake Community College for a spell. Was out of the game for a semester. Came down to BYU, really good athlete, really good athlete. Um, he could be a starter at safety for BYU, wouldn't be surprised. And then we mentioned it, Bo Tanner was a wide receiver, caught his touchdown pass, fantastic uh, catch and throw uh, from uh, Bo Hodge against Utah State, Bo to Bo uh, for the touchdown. He's a corner, and he left. He was going to go to Air- back home to Arizona and go to school down He's back, which I think is good news for that secondary. Yeah, I mean, and as you mentioned, the big question with the two best corners now at safety, who's going to play? cornerback and how will that play out throughout the season and a reminder 65.8% opponent completion percentage last year 10th worst in FBS so let's hope the BYU can improve that number this season coming up BYU gets a home game against Ohio State this season and what sport Mm. plus lots of Cougars in the NFL we'll update you in the whip including Jamal Williams banged up a little bit last night is he okay this is BYU Sports Nation Thanks to today's guests, Zach Wilson and Diane Gonwoloku. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, no time. If you missed any of today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. After yesterday's second fall scrimmage, head coach Kalani Satake said the BYU defense came up with five or six sacks. They also 
forced a fumble to stop the offense after a long drive. Zach Wilson, or as you like to call him, Zach. The Maverick. Wilson threw a 50-yard touchdown to Aleva Hifo. Skylar Southam hit a 48-yard field goal. Plus, FB Schedules reports BYU versus East Carolina in Provo in 2022 has been moved from October 15th to November 15th. So bundle up and get that on your Franklin planners now. (laughs) Cougars in the NFL. Go get my new insert. Kyle Van Noy recorded two solo tackles, two tackles for loss, and one sack in the New England Patriots' 37-20 to victory. Against uh, did they play the Eagles, right? It was against the Eagles. So they got vengeance for the uh, Super Bowl there. <laughs> Jamal Williams left the Green Bay Packers' win over the Steelers with an ankle injury. ESPN's Rob Domovsky reports the injury does not seem to be a long-term issue. Definitely good news there. And several other former Cougars, including Taysom Hill, Ziggy Ansah, Algie Brown, DeAndre Wesley, Micah Hanneman, Colby Pearson, and John Denny will all be in action this weekend. Soccer. The women's soccer season opens tonight at Cal State Fullerton at 10 Eastern. Listen to the game right here on BYU Radio or the app pregame at 930 Eastern. Volleyball. Number eight, BYU plays Utah Valley University in an exhibition match at 3 Eastern tomorrow. You can catch the broadcast on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. And the BYU men's volleyball team will host the Ohio State January 10th at the Smith Fieldhouse. That's a big one. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair is three under after the opening round of the Wyndham Championship and is tied in huh? 36th place. Daniel Summerhays is seven over. Cougars in the minors. In AAA, Adam Law, my boy of the Tacoma Rainiers. We're two for three with the run and a 10-6 win over the Fresno Grizzlies. And Michael Rucker won his ninth game of the year, pitching six innings and striking out six in an 11-1 victory over the Tennessee Smokies. Today's rise and shout goes to... What do you think? How about we give it to Kyle Van Oy? To Kyle Van Oy. Couple of sacks, couple of sacks for loss. Yes, very nice. Can never go wrong pumping up KVN. That's right. You know what I'm saying. Our question of the day: Who will be the playmaker for BYU football this season? Let's go to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation at Blue Goggles One on Twitter. Nice handle. Bo Hodge. Sounds like he will be used all over the offense. I think he will cause mismatches like Andy Isabella of UMass did for our defense last year. He's a mismatch for linebackers in the slot. I think he's a mismatch in a lot of places. Our elite voice of the day at Joe Wheat 27 on Twitter. Micah Simon was the most reliable receiver not named Matt Bushman. The tight ends will receive a lot of attention from defenses, but sleeping on Simon wouldn't be wise. That's two people for Micah Simon. Nothing wrong with that. The conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN, the show on demand, BYUSN.com. The audio podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jason Shepard, I'm Jeremy. Shout out to Jackson Kaka. BYU Sports Nation is back at it Monday. Have a great weekend. Go Cougs, baby! One day closer!